I'm Will. And I'm Deanna. And this is the Couples Therapy Podcast. Or actually, I guess it's the Couples Therapod now, because I accidentally changed the name. Yeah. <laughs> it all goes together now. You can check us out at Couples Therapod on all things. Uh, website, Gmail, Twitter, and uh, the actual name of the show. It's all the same. And it was a happy accident. Felice Coupla. Culpa? I don't know how to say that. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't speak Latin. A happy accident? Mm-hmm. So anyway, dear, um, anything going on lately that's been dominating the news you want to talk about? <laughs> so uh, in case you are uh, not a person alive, <laughs> then you've missed that there's major immigration crisis going on honestly has been going on for quite some time but kind of has reached a fever pitch there's a lot an immigration crisis on our southern border is there an immigration crisis like literally can i ask this question sure is there truly an immigration crisis actually immigration numbers and illegal pathways to immigration are down at a 47 year low if you actually look at the data so if one to argue that there is a crisis, the crisis would simply be that there are some immigrants coming here. Right, that there are immigrants coming here illegally and that there are a large illegally. amount of, illegally, and that there are a large amount of asylum seekers. Now, by definition, an asylum, asylum seeker is legal. Not doing anything illegal, yeah. Yeah, but um, there are large numbers of asylum seekers. However, again, still down. I find that term illegal interesting. Oh, and you know, people refer to people as illegals. Like, how dehumanizing is that? But, yes, in general. Yes, go ahead. The term illegal. Well, it's just, there's such a connotation to the term Mm -hmm. in other contexts. It's like, a lot of people don't do things simply because they are illegal. You know, there's a stigma to being a person that does something illegal. And so coming to a country seeking a better life is like just a thing someone might do. Mm-hmm. Um, writing a law that makes it illegal so you can call people illegal for doing it. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's this weird circular deal where we're a lot, where no one's saying something inaccurate. But it also paints a picture. It paints a picture of, of criminals. Right, which is what is ten, has been the rhetoric around it all. Right, as opposed to, like, these are families fleeing horrific conditions, or these are women fleeing, like, domestic violence situations. They're not criminals. They are doing something technically criminal by some of them, the way that they seek Asylum. They don't even understand the steps they're supposed to be taking. So, I mean, it's just all so convoluted. Well, how do you know the difference? Like, how do you, how do you determine as a person just sitting around what the numbers mean in terms of asylum seekers and illegals? Like, aren't all people seeking some form of <laughs> refuge that are coming? Like, exactly. They or all it's are. to hang out for a minute or whatever. But I mean, like, what's the, 
what's the real crime being committed there? You know what I mean? Like they're just walking across an artificial line. I understand. I understand the. Impo- I'm not trying to downplay the importance of monitoring how many people are here. Sure. Um, other than that, I don't like. It's whatever. Like you should know how many people are here because you have things to take care of and money to move around and the system that shares things through taxes and all this junk. But like other than that, it really shouldn't matter. Like the idea that some people come over that might commit a crime at some point in time is irrelevant because people are born here all the time that commit crimes. Right. And that there's more people is irrelevant because, hey, you and I made two more people. We didn't have to ask anybody for that. But, I mean, we made them. They're here. We brought them into the... They, we crossed, they crossed some kind of border to get here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, just, sure. it's this weird categorization, but it's, it's, it should simply be about numbers. It's, are there too many people that we can't sustain the country? That's too many people. Other than that, what's the problem? Sure. You know what I learned this week is that so many of these, of the migrant workers that are coming, they're actively being recruited. So they're actively being recruited by American companies. Mm-hmm. to come across and work. Like they sure. have a job lined up, they have been recruited and they're coming illegally. So like this is what's sustaining our economy and some major corporations and and yet we're going to we're going to say it's illegal. Well, it's also interesting cuz we interesting. want corporations to stay here instead of building factories in other countries, but the reason you do that is for cheaper labor. And if you can get cheaper labor from people that are trying to find a better life by coming here, then you have your factories here and all that money stays here. You get the best of both worlds. Um, but, you know, there's the... I don't want it. That's not the point. The point, particularly recently, was this whole uh, family separation issue <laughs> and the um, interesting uh, explosion from there. Sure. Like yeah, I because just, this season is about the, the reactions and what does it say about our culture and what is it... What is what does all this point to about the church and faith and all of it? Looking mm. at all those intersections, so it has been fascinating. Looking at the reactions to separation of families at the border. Well, that's been a real interesting deal to me because the this is not a judgment. This is statements of, I guess, perceived fact. They're facts. They're facts. Um, it's like the the Christian right. Christian Christianity uh, as a corporate idea and the conservative right have been kind of married for a long time and we had the Trump phenomenon and what was going to be too far like what was going to be the step too far for uh, for the Christian right for, yeah for and church heads in particular like what would be the things and there were so many things that came up that were kind of swept under the rug, um, and then some like church his comments right before the election. Yes. Okay. Um, you know all the things. We don't have to go through a whole list of things. This I'm not going to go through the list of things. But I just always deal. like to throw that one in there just to remind everyone. This is a family podcast. We don't speak like the president here. You can do anything. Um, Grab him by the but <laughs> it was just interesting to see that like the family issue was the deal, but it also kind of makes sense. Because the nuclear family's been the uh, the lightning rod for Christianity forever. It's like the importance of 
the one man, the one woman, uh, two kids, a dog. You know, that whole thing, like that image uh, is the great Christian ideal kind of a thing. And so when you have the concept of that being ripped apart by us, uh, just cause, like we decided to implement something, um, it, it was too much. That was the line. That was the line. Because it was, it was that which the church had vouched for was literally te- tearing families apart. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it wasn't words. It wasn't what those words signify because that can all be ignored. It's like, well, that he's just talking or, you know, uh, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you can. Oh, all the justifications. Was, yeah. There was something about that particular image and those particular sounds coming from the, can- you know, like it was, it was interesting to me that that was the, the deal. And that church is like legit came out and we're like, hey, once Jeff Sessions, uh, Quoted, the, quoted Bible. the Bible. I really believe that if he had not quoted the Bible, I don't know if we'd be in the same place. A hundred percent wouldn't be. I think, I think, that, I think that's absolutely... That was, part, that was sorry, actually Spokey, the line. You were over the line this yeah. I'm not sure it was the ripping apart of families. I think it was Jeff Sessions quoting the Bible to defend it. That was the line for the churches. That was the line for the church. That was the line for the church. That was the line for the churches. But once the churches turned, that allowed their congregations to think for themselves. Yes. And finally say, wait a minute. Maybe this is too far. Although not universally. T- no, of course not. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, which is fine. Totally fine. Whatever. But interesting to me to see the, the comments and things. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit. This is my favorite part. Because okay. I just wanted to, like for me, it was an interesting deal because a lot of churches were coming out and speaking out against the way uh, Romans, was it Romans 13? Mm-hmm. Was used in that context. And I was frustrated because my denomination had remained quite silent. <laughs> and I'd called my parents and complained about it. And they'd even said, because I guess it was, it was later on, it, that was like Thursday or something, Wednesday, he said it. Wednesday or Thursday, he said it. By Friday, the Catholic Church, the Southern Baptist Coalition, United Methodist Church, some of the bigger denominations had put out statements by Friday evening. Yeah, and I think Mom said something like, well, it's like it's, all, it's almost Friday evening. Like, they'll, they'll wait till the Sabbath now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then they did. Like, it was Sabbath afternoon. Um, that There was finally uh, a statement, which is great. But then the comments in there were fascinating because it was members of the church expressing their disappointment in the church for like falling for liberal media crap and uh, how important it was to to be tough on on the borders in this in the, in this fashion because you know these are people doing something illegal. Mm-hmm. Um. And so that in and of itself is a very interesting thing because you have you have people coming from all sides quoting the Bible about the same thing. Yeah, just so fascinating to watch the twists and turns and the um, the lack of context or reading further or you know, mm. uh, it really to me illuminated 
um, what is it? What is the term that you use, babe, to say when someone like just picks a a, a Bible verse and it's not your term, but it's a term. Proof texting. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there was so much proof texting this week from both yeah. sides, from all or all sides. I mean, it was, I was, I well, was intrigued. I, you know, that's an interesting thing, though. When Jeff Sessions did that, when he quoted the, the you know, God puts governments in power stuff uh, out of context like that in such a public forum with so much vitriol against whatever he was going to say anyway. Like, you know, like people were waiting to be like, because he's going to say something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you had that much attention on it to be able to find how out of context it was used very quickly and very easily, mm-hmm. which I think was probably a big wake up call for a lot of people that have never thought about that before. That like you can't just pull a verse. Yes, that you have to look at the full context of the chapter as well as who was this written to, who was this written by, all those things. Yeah. And yeah, people have probably, so for some people, especially especially non-Christians, have probably never really thought about that. But to see like, yeah, that's in the Bible, but it's within versus about right. love. It, it was, well, sure. But it's also, you know, it's the, it's the concept of saying something's biblical in the first place. It, he was not wrong. It is biblical. Is biblical. But what does that mean, biblical, for what purpose? And um, interestingly enough, um, this is kind of a tangent, sorry. But uh, there's a chapter in Rachel Held Evans' new book called, don't remember what it's called. Um, Inspired. Oh, I'm sorry. The book is called Inspired. I was trying to think what the chapter was called. Oh. Uh, And I can't remember. But it's, it's about Job, roughly. And it hadn't, I don't think this, okay, so there's that verse, Job 5, 17, blessed is the one whom God corrects, so do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he wounds, but he also binds up, he injures, but his hands also heal. And like, you hear people quote that sometimes, just to like help them get through stuff, I guess, or like, you, I've heard sermons based on that, I'm sure. Sure. But what's interesting about that, like that text right there, it sounds like a nice biblically thing to say, like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense. Like, but that's one of Job's friends telling him why he's been afflicted. But we know from the story already that he's being afflicted because God and the devil made a bet and he didn't do anything. Right. So that quote from that friend was wrong. And yet we quote it to but say... But we quote it as scripture, as like something that like it shows the character of God somehow. But it's actually in that context showing at least some kind of a misunderstanding of that part of God's character, at least in the circumstances of the story it's in. Right. You know, what's interesting is I have like heard a sermon on that before probably same one you did I mean you know could be maybe and um was reading up and down and through that chapter and was like wait a minute Mm -hmm. this is not 
this isn't Job or God talking. This is some guy trying to interpret. What, I, I, no, yeah, that's yeah, so yeah, funny. Yeah. I had that whole thought process and thought, huh, I must be wrong. Literally, no, yeah, those that's, are, that's a, what my thoughts were. I must a, be wrong. That's a good, good bet to take. Uh, if you're ever listening to a sermon and they start quoting from Job and it's not Job or God talking, you should just get up and leave. <laughs> Come back next week. They're doing it wrong. All facts. <laughs> but isn't that, doesn't that, and that's a tangent too, we won't go on, but doesn't that speak to the authority of the pulpit that I sat there and was like, hmm, I must be wrong. Yeah. But that, I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Random aside. So, um, I forgot what we were talking. We about. were talking about the families being separated at the borders and how terrible that is. No, I know largely that that's what we that's were talking so about. Okay, but we were talking about how okay, so Sessions was the line. Yeah, and that was that was. It's weird that there was a line. At this point, I thought there was no line anymore. You know, I kind of did too. Like they had they there was such a. Um, pro-policy contingent being vocal than just, you know, yeah, rah, 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 we got to do this. This is, it's not even us. It's the Democrats or like it was Clinton or it was Obama or, you know. Right. Uh, I can't stop it or, you know, whatever it was. Like there was such a deflection about it like everything else. Um, I didn't think there was going to be a line. I'm shocked. That the Methodist church, not that the Met, not that it was the Methodist church. I'm just shocked that like charges, like church charges, got brought on sessions for that uh, mischaracterization of the scripture. But if you're gonna do that, I mean, aren't every isn't every denomination misquoting something somewhere? True. Or, I mean, we'd all be one if. Every denomination, we'd all be one big church mm. if we didn't have our own interpretations of of Scripture. But it's not just that we have our own interpretations. It's that we think everybody else is, is wrong. But, you know, I want to be that weird dude that keeps bringing up that concept. <laughs> no, but that is interesting. It is interesting. So, um, something, an, an, an angle of it that I found interesting... Okay. This week was people who kept saying, this is not who we are. Yeah, those people are delusional. And I kept thinking... I love this those is, people but this for is, being empathetic. But this is who we are. But they're literally like, it's like it's like Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Literally, it's, it's yeah. the celebration of actually getting the message down and freeing the slaves. Two years after, anyway. For those of you who don't know what Juneteenth is, that was my little history lesson. Those would largely be the same people that said this is not who we are. Sure. But, I mean, I just thought... And, again, I think what those people were mostly saying was probably, this is not who I am. This is not okay with me. This this goes against what I... Th- this is This is not okay. But by saying that's not who we are, I mean, that's just a gross mischaracterization and a wrong history lesson, because this is exactly who we are as a country. They're saying it's not who we are now. It's not who we should be right now. I don't think that they're discounting that we have never been above this. You don't think so? I think some people just don't want to think about all that. They don't want to think about, well, 
what we did in slavery, what we did in internment camps, what I we have th- continued to has been practice at the border. I think that there was a lot of that until like Vietnam and it started to die. And then after, um, yeah, probably Vietnam because we started thinking about other stuff, but what, and then there were major events that didn't have to do with those particular atrocities in between. And so there became this moment where that stuff was far enough behind that we can admit that it happened and that we as a country have evolved. That's so silly. And so we don't have to deny all that stuff anymore. We just don't have to think about it because it's not part of us anymore because that was those older people that have all died and we know better than them. Effectively, it works the same in terms of how we in, enter the world. Well, right, because <laughs> we, it's not we, don't look at how we don't look at how we've continued in that philosophy yeah, st- towards those people groups. We just... Yes, we fail to see the connections of how a lot of... Not much has changed. Just what it looks like outwardly has changed. It's less a denial of past history and more a denial of our place in current and future history. Say that again. That again. No, the other thing. One thing that I thought was, uh, I saw a, and I did, I did check this. I did fact check this. Someone put out a cartoon. Um, uh, that was a Dr. Seuss cartoon. From World War Two, a cartoon, a cartoon. Sorry, <laughs> a cartoon, a cartoon um, sure. from World War Two, and it was a picture of a typical Dr. Seuss character um, reading a book called um, Adolf the Wolf, and is saying. Um, the wolf came to eat those children, but we didn't care because those children were different mm-hmm. or not different. Wasn't the word used, but anyway, and then the Dr. Seuss character had a shirt on that said America first. <laughs> this was a cartoon from 1941 or 42. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like you could easily make that same like political satire cartoon to cartoon like today. Well, yeah. Which obviously is why people were circulating it. And I like and I I, I double checked, but yeah. I mean, America first was that wasn't the first time that speech was given. Oh no, that was I mean that was a largely held belief of why we entered World War Two so late. But again, this is I mean this is who we are. And if we really want to change that, don't we have to not just admit that that's who we are, but actually look at how that has impacted all of our policies? Yeah. Um, that's the thing. You know, I was thinking about this this morning driving in the work because of how many people were expressing their frustration because it was, there's just, they, f- they felt helpless because you can like call your senator, or you can donate money, you can try to do this, that, and the other, but like families were still getting separated for that period of time. And, um, and like in, th- in this instance, there was just the one person that could do it real quick that thankfully did. 
but we really couldn't do anything. Like, what is... I don't think people really understood that how powerless a lot of times. <laughs> we are. Yeah, because we have, like, we can, we have our voice. Like, that's what we've always been told. Like, we have our First Amendment rights, and you can assemble, and you can talk, and blah, 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 blah. But, like, what is that worth? Because it gets crushed. So, you know, like, the people that are like, hey, we're, this is not who we are. This is not who we should be. You say that and then do nothing, right? But then if you say that as a football player by taking a knee, there's all kinds of hell that gets thrown on you. But that's, what, that, that's the same thing. Like, that was what it was. It was, hey, America says it's one thing. It represents itself. We love those ideals, but we're not there. We want to raise awareness to the fact that in especially in this one area in particular of excessive police brutality um, we're not we're not where we need to be and then that was seen as unpatriotic you know you know but it's the same statement it's yes, this isn't this, right right this isn't right this isn't who we are this or at least this isn't who we should be let's do something about it yeah and I just I don't know like it it's interesting that it's a, it, it's acceptable sometimes from some groups and and not from others. Well, it's, the difference is there's poor brown babies versus rich black men. And ain't nobody trying to listen to rich black men. Is what it is. Yeah. You wouldn't ever listen to a poor black man because poor black man's never going to be in your television. <laughs> But uh, you damn sharp sure listen to a rich one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> how dare how dare he complain with all that he has? That concept. Sure, absolutely. That, that he... money is the uh, cure all for racial discrimination. When it's been proven time and time again that it is not. No, no, not that you won't have any. It's just. You, you you know, why would you complain about it? Because you have money, I guess, is the concept. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thought. You... I think a lot of people think, though, that, that r- racial discrimination does not happen to those who are rich. Well, I, I think people think discrimination means inability to have money. And thus, if you have some, you're not being discriminated against. Like, there is a direct correlation between wealth and whether or not uh, you are allowed to have difficulties. It's weird. Mm -hmm. Because those two things, I mean, they don't go together. But that's the... That's the sign, though. Like, black people with wealth means racism's over. Like, that's... I mean, you can ask anybody. That's... Anybody that d- thinks racism is over, that they'll agree with that statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that statement doesn't make any sense. <laughs> right, there's, there's plenty of... What does money have to do with anything? Right. There, one, there's plenty of other avenues and ways to be discriminated against other than just financially. And just because a small percentage of people have accumulated some wealth does not mean that 
there aren't millions of other people who are not being afforded those opportunities equally. Even if we were all filthy rich, what does that have to do with anything? Money and like your actual value as a human being are not related. I mean, I I think they kind of are in some circles, but. Like the ceiling is. Like, okay, you you might, okay. I want to be clear. I do hear what you're saying, and I agree. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm saying if you break what the, what I think they're thinking. If you break down the philosophy though, a rich black man is the equivalent of a poor white man. Okay. And so rich white men are at the top. Poor white men and rich black dudes are relatively similar, thus racism is over. But then there's poor black people and women. Hispanics and everything else. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and so it's like, it doesn't matter if I'm in the middle class when you look at me as less than you as a person. Yes. And And at your like soul, I become wealthy, you accept me as your equal. But at that point, my literal value supersedes yours. enormously well then what's that about Mm -hmm. you know what I mean yes I'm I'm totally following you that's the mindset to say because a few people have gotten into some rooms where the doors were closed because they're billionaires (laughs) right (laughs) does not mean the playing field is leveled and the playing field is not about monetary gain it's about actual happiness in life yeah, and, and actually being able to see each and other freedom, as... freedom, literal freedom, where yes. like you can go where you want Do what and you want. sit down and wait for your homie to show up before you order coffee and not go to jail. Or like take your sister to prom and then go to Waffle House to feed her afterwards and not go to jail. Or sell a cigarette and not die. You know, little things. Grab your wallet, get shot 42 times. Like, these are things we don't want to do. These are things <laughs> you would like to think in a free country were not an issue. And they are. And it's so sad. It's fine. No, it's not. I know it's not. But what I'm saying is, it's like, it's not, it's not a woe is me issue. Sure. No, I, I know that's not what you were saying. But it's annoying to have to keep talking about it because it's pretended as though it's not there. Because a few people have money. Right. And then to keep talking about it, it's like, oh, well, it's me. Or womp womp. Like the dude talking about the uh, the girl with Down syndrome getting separated from her family at the border. In the middle of this Democrat telling the story, this Republican dude just womp 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 over this story. Which is just, it's just where, where's our mindset at? It's, I wasn't mocking her. I was mocking the, the Democrat. Why are we mocking anybody? Like, what is happening to public discourse? Yeah, we're just, we're, we're as a culture, just becoming 
more and more rude and, and, and you know what really like as a, as a clinician, I just see such massive like disconnection from our hearts. Don't you see that? Just so much like just blatant disconnection from your hearts. And I think that was part of, for, for me, um, first of all, this issue has been heavy on my heart for a long time. It has not just been this week, but since, you know, this week was the uproar and this was all of this, um, to see people favor, we have to be a nation of laws over human beings who are seeking asylum and refuge and help. It's like, I understand this is complicated. I'm not saying we just need to like have it all be a free for all. Sure. But isn't it just so sad to see that this is, this is where we are at still. We are still saying, nope, just because I got the lucky roll of the dice and got to be born in America, I'm better than you. I don't care about you. We have to focus on our laws. And to me, that's so close-hearted. Yeah. I mean, the privilege of it is is interesting. Yeah. Um, but I... And, you know, it is... It does show, to some extent, like a lack of perspective not to be able to put yourself in other people's situation and understand why they would want to come here. Um, like it, it's a lack. It, it's it truly feels like a lack of gratitude for being here yourself. Like mm-hmm. the luck of the draw of being born in America. It's like people think they earned it. Well, they, their parents did when they came over on Ellis Island or whatever. Like somebody's grand great grandparent earned it. Do you think that they, would connect people to the immigrant experience? Those people are brown. can't connect to what you can't connect to apparently and those people are brown because we're not having this issue at Canada's border we're not separating families up there no Canadians are trying to come in if they're smart we got fun stuff people come over here all the time I'm joking but that that's the point it's a it's a free-for-all up there I mean it's not a free-for-all it's actually kind of complicated to get through (laughs) I think it's actually just hard to get into Canada anyway it's it's complicated but, like, drugs come in from up there. Oh, yeah. Opioids come in from, like, prescription drugs, the good stuff. Not just, you know, weak old weed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stepped on. I don't know anything about drugs. But um, it's like, that's the brown border, man. Mm-hmm. You can't deny that. I mean, we you can people do all the time, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's I mean, that's they are criminals, they're rapists, they're whatever else he said that everyone listened to and ate up. I mean, to me, yeah, absolutely, and to me, it's um, it's it's interesting that people would totally disagree with that perspective. They would say that it's that it's not about the fact that these people are brown or whatever, but I think the lack of, obviously I totally think it is, but I think that 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 is so true that it contributes to the lack of empathy big time. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think if these people them, looked like me, if I could relate to them, if I could whatever, then maybe, maybe I could understand it a little more. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of them don't know that it's because they're brown. Mm-hmm. It's their, it's the presentation of information given to them by their groups, echo chambers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like if you're repeatedly told a narrative, like you know how Chicago's the most dangerous city in the country. Except that it's not. Except it's not. But everyone thinks it is because everyone says it is. And so it's just, hey, black people are killing each other like it's flipping burgers and pancakes in Chicago. And it's like, eh, it's bad. But it's not what it's painted out to be. Sure. But that doesn't matter to public perception. Right. And so it doesn't matter what kinds of individuals are trying to seek asylum here. We think it's MS-13 and drug dealers mm-hmm. and people pretending to have kids that aren't really their kids to get over here and get the benefits and stuff. And so, you know, it's all these other stories. And so you don't have to think about why they're being told. You just believe them. And so without knowing it, you're perpetuating racism. But it's kind of worse because you can't accept that you're doing it. Sure, there's a and lack so of insight around it. keeps going. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the denial of it causes so much. It's like when, um, when, when like Tripp's ignoring Caitlin and mm-hmm. she starts freaking out. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you deny someone's existence enough they can't handle it because they feel like they're not there anymore you know yeah and it's like yeah you have to be able to understand that and everybody like everyone goes to that at some point in time you have these moments where you're like man that really felt weird because nobody was there nobody was listening or no one would believe me da 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 and then have mass people saying the same thing it's like yeah I don't see it I don't care it's it's crazy. Or to think, well, yes, but I also heard some were criminals, or I also know this, or well, we can't just do this, or you know, just whatever the lines are. It's like why why can't we? Mm-hmm. What has happened? Like if if this problem is so bad that we have to resort to what we're resorting to, point to me how it directly affected your life. You. Like if that's your if that's your argument, we've got to shut the stuff down. We got to shut. The, we can't be sitting at the same restaurant. We can't be driving the same kind of car. <laughs> and you talk to me like that because your life's fine if you're hanging with me. Because <laughs> my life is fine. Yeah. So who's getting hurt? Like really, who's getting hurt? And, and you know what? Every time that I ask someone that question, no one can give me a straight, like a true answer of how it is impacting people, or even truly how it's impacting us economically. But well, yeah, because you can move those stats. I mean, numbers are numbers. You can do anything you want with them. And as long as there's haves and have-nots, or rather, haves and have lesses, uh, and have mores. We're always going to find reasons and ways to blame other people for the situations we are in. So if I develop this sense that I'm not where I should be, 
and you point the finger at someone else and say it's their fault, well, it's easier for me to point that finger too than to actually think about how I've gotten myself in my own situations. And and I'm sure that I'm guilty of that. Yeah, everyone side. is. I'm not. I'm not pointing to one side or the other. It's just CNN said this and Fox News said that, and I'm saying it too, or I'm sharing that link, and now I'm doing something. I'm part of the solution or whatever. All right, cool. You read something. It's like, well, what do you think about it, though? Right. I'm trying to be better about that. I'm really trying to read something and mm. then really like delve into it and think about it and find other sources and do all of that and not just like take that. Because a lot of times the I'm I'm pretty liberal, but a lot of times the liberal reaction to things or the liberal talking points about things I don't agree with. Like when I really come down to it. Some of it I do, but some of it I don't. I I just think everybody's yelling too much. Everybody's yelling too much. Well, so I'm saying too, it's too extreme. It's too like yeah. it's too discounting of the nuance is what it is. All of it, both sides. But that's the problem. You can't have two sides when there's when everything has so much nuance. Everything has so much nuance. Every issue. And so it's like you know, everyone has some form of idea of how we should protect the borders or how we should do whatever. But it's like. You only get two options, and then you really only get one if your executive branch and your legislative branch are run by the same side. And then even when they are run by the same side, it's still literally holding kids hostage <laughs> to get people to move. Like, that's weird, man. Like, we were playing chess with real pawns. Like, what is going on? That I mean, we do that, that's okay. We do that all the time. We do that all the time. We do it all the time. I mean, we're separating kids here. We're drone striking weddings. I mean, like, we, we do this. I know. And that's a hard look in the mirror. That's a hard look in the mirror. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, obviously. Um, but listen, we could probably talk about this forever and still not come up with all the solutions. So instead, let's save some for next time, all right? So thanks for joining us at the Couple Stare Pod. This is Will. She's D. We'll catch you next time. So hit us up on couplestarepod.com, couplestarepod on Twitter, or uh, couplestarepod at Gmail if you have a question, a comment, whatever you want to say. We're here to listen, entertain, argue if need be. <laughs> whatever it is. Thanks for listening. Bye.